What's up? It's the publisher here, Mr. Kelly Cole. And if you want to keep it official like a referee with a whistle, lock into MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, in the opposite corner, my mano imano, my verbal sparring partner, uh, the, the, the iron one, I, I want to say is uh, FE is the um, periodic code for it. I don't know. But you know who uh, does know or doesn't know or doesn't care? Iron Will just rough. And what's going on, Ralph? I sure don't because uh, I, I I didn't like science in high school, so I don't know I don't know nothing about it. Uh, but I'm here. I'm excited. It's it's smoke o'clock. You know how we do. Yes, sir. Um, I'm I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, the man with his own T-shirt. Have you gotten the merch yet? Is the question. The voice. Uh, we got some exciting stuff to get into. Voice, how you how you feeling tonight? You, I, I know you're ready already. So it's, it's smoke o'clock. So you know how I feel. I, I um I like the smoke. Not uh, uh anything that will alter my mind state, but um uh, that smoke that gets you fired up. Definitely. That we, let's go ahead and get into kills and low blows. Even though I know that this first segment is gonna hurt you. <laughs> talking about your favorite boxer. And you're disappointed. I, you know, I hope you know. I hope you're recovering. So after the loss this Saturday, uh, Jake Paul and Tommy Fury, everyone is wondering what's next. Uh, if you missed it, uh, Tommy Fury won won by decision. Um, the aftermath of it has been quite hilarious. Uh, what's up, C? Um, it's been quite hilarious after the fact because everything that Jake spit out. He's getting it back tenfold in a lot of different ways. Um, but there are some who are just who are still saying, hey, you know, even after this fight, it's time to take Jake Paul seriously. So, voice, I want to get your thoughts. What did you think about the outcome of Saturday's fight? And where do both Paul and Fury go after this? I think the outcome. Um, I think it I I want to my initial thought was. It was to be expected, but honestly, as well as Jake fared for himself, I don't know if it was to be expected. I mean, he was facing a boxer this time, a for real boxer. Now, granted, Anderson whooped on a former champion in, um, um, oh, father, I can't think of his name, uh, Julio uh, Cesar Chavez Jr., but we all know he um, doesn't take boxing very seriously so you know you you had that caveat uh and anderson is like 47 48 years old so you know that that that's to be expected or i should say that that is understandable where you've got a, a boxer who's in their physical prime though you know not the the best boxer but a boxer nonetheless and um he fared well you know he he carried himself well got a knockdown uh but he lost uh the fight as far as where they go from here i know that there is a rematch clause whether or not um jake takes or enacts a rematch clause or activates it that's a different story he may feel as if he's um he's done enough here I mean, he reportedly, or I should say, he claims he made $30 million in this fight, which is great work if you can get it. You know, do you do this again? And does it do as well? Is there more intrigue now because of your knockdown and it being a split decision? I don't know. Um, there are a lot of different ways he can go, though, still. You've got KSI who's talking, and then that's a, a great angle from the respect that or I should say from the perspective that he beat his brother he beat logan so you know now i go and i, I um, redeem the family name the only issue with that one is that uh 
KSI box on the zone. I don't know what um, what Paul's contracts are like with ESPN. I don't know if it's a uh, by fight basis or, you know, if they have a, a you know, certain amount of fights that he owes them because PFL is on ESPN, too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that will work out. You still have Nate Diaz out there. Now, although Nate was talking big and bad about uh, Logan, and that may be uh, the fight that, that takes place. Who knows? You know, but, but you got he's got choices is, is the thing. He can fight Paul again. He can try to fight KSI. He can fight uh, Nate Diaz. And I think they're all still viable options for him. Or he can say, well, let me start training for uh, MMA since I got, you know, this fight that I'm trying to do next year uh, with PFL. You know, mm-hmm. so things can go a number of different ways for him. And uh, the money train does not stop. It may slow down a little bit, but it doesn't stop. For um, Fury, really, I mean, he, he could do KSI. That's a, a fairly easy fight. For him to do, and with his uh, visa issues, that's probably a good fight to have because KSI is also from the UK, um, you know, or a number of other fighters, you know, out there. He could just go back to the to the Chitlin circuit and uh, get names and, and rack up wins. He doesn't have to take a step up in competition because Jake Paul was a step up name wise recognition wise money wise but competition wise no and then you got a split decision over this dude you know it's not like you you ran him out the the building you got a split decision so uh fighting lower level competition is probably where it needs to be so before we move on so I, another question i have is so with with jake paul losing this fight and a lot of people are literally clamoring for him to lose to say okay you're not a real boxer mm-hmm. like you said it was a split decision Tommy Fury has been boxing since he was maybe six years old mm-hmm. what did this say to the boxing community I mean did they begin to take Jake Paul seriously as a as a as a possible uh as a possible real boxer or is this one of those things where they kind of put him back into that that parody zone and he's not taken seriously because I mean if he would have won there was a WBC ranking literally on the line for him. Right. And like you said, it wasn't a knockout. It was a, it was a decision. So what, how does the boxing feel about Jake Paul now moving forward? And uh, what are the possibilities? Cause I know, like you said, you said Nate Diaz, but I mean, does he try to go back and, and, and fight, you know, more natural boxers to see where, to see where he can go and what he can do. Um. Well, that was a couple of questions. One, how's the boxing community <laughs> feel? They feel vindicated because he, and not just the boxing community, everyone who hates Jake Paul feels vindicated because he finally lost. Uh, did he get knocked out like a lot of people would like to see? No, but he lost, and that's what matters most. Um, as far as, say say that second part again, because uh, I I feel like I may have answered it, but I just want to make sure. I mean, you kind of did answer it. I mean, like I said, it was a WBC ranking on the line. Is mm-hmm. it time to take him seriously, or like do we put? Oh, is it time back? to take him seriously? No, it's not time to take him seriously. Uh, he hasn't beaten a boxer yet, right? And if he beats a boxer, the way that boxing works, he still needs to beat another ten to fifteen. Before we can take him seriously, there you have it. So we'll, we'll see what happens. That's that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out over the next months, especially the next few months, especially with his uh his ownership stake that he actually just took. Also, um, so moving on now, American top team is also uh out here just extra. So they posted a photo recently <laughs> on Twitter okay. with Johnny Evelyn and the Dynamo uh Amosov. Um, the question is, are they telling the truth with saying uh, that Bellator is the best uh, with the middleweight and what's weight in the world? Because they, they literally said best in the world. Yeah. Uh, before we uh, go there, I see uh, Julius uh, salute to, to Juice. I don't know what nickname y'all are giving him, but I call him Juice. Uh, that's, that's, Juice. That's, that's, Ju- that's Julius Bayless right there. 
That's, that, that's, that's my dog. That's Julius okay. Bell stuff. All right. Uh, well, he say he foresees him retiring soon. Why would he retire when he can keep these legalized bank robberies going? I mean, if you can keep uh, you can keep making money, you just made 30 million. Mm. You know, let, let's say you make what? Uh, a fourth of that. Yeah, you, you, you still it, uh, it, it's a good gig while you can get it. So, yeah, that, that's what I see. I don't see him retiring. I see him. Uh, continuing to make them them trips to the bank, rob somebody's bank and put it in his. <laughs> okay. Now, what are your thoughts on a, a American top team posting uh, that they literally have the best in the world in the middleweight in the welterweight division? Are they are they proving the point that Bellator has the best right now? Um, I don't know that they are. That the point is uh, foolproof, or that you know it, it's it's ironclad. But they got a claim. They have a claim there. When you look at both Eblin and Amosol, and if we just go champion for champion, you have Amosov who can do it everywhere. He's not lost ever in his career. You telling me that he could not beat um, uh, Mr. Headshot Dead Leon uh, Rocky Edwards? I think he could beat him. You know, it's not like he hasn't faced dangerous strikers before. You know, he he defeated Douglas Lima to, and I think he defeated him to get the belt. So could he best their champion? Yeah, I think he could. At 185, can Johnny Evelyn beat Powhatan? Can he beat Alex Pereira? Yeah, I think he can. We now, granted, we know that he is a disciple, he being Pontan, is a disciple of Glover Teixeira, and Glover's BJJ is phenomenal. But this dude still is primarily a kickboxer, and we have yet to see him challenged when it comes to wrestling. I mean, I think Izzy did get him down in one round and uh, kept him down there for a little bit, and Izzy is nobody's wrestler. So what does someone like uh uh the former mr diamond hands the the current human cheat code uh due to him when you know you got that tiger style that mizzou wrestling just running through your veins yeah can, can he beat their champion i think he can I, I think that would be a great fight and um it's not a given that uh alex Pereira will win now when you speak about all of the uh, welterweights and middleweights out there, that gets a little a little more dicey. Mm-hmm. But if we're speaking about the champions, definitely. Well, Evan recently stated after uh, 290 that um, he was the best in the world. And they, they talked to him. They asked him about a few things. Um, and next up, he said he's possibly looking at the uh, middleweight uh, Grand Prix. So that'll definitely be interesting to see uh, if he takes that and where he goes with that. He definitely uh, definitely made a statement that um, he doesn't want to be boxing for far too long. So he sees the end game. True. Um, Julie says, so that's true. If they allow him to keep fighting mediocre fights, he will stay, but he won't face anybody better than Fury. And he's absolutely right. And uh, they will definitely allow him to face mediocre fights because they is he. He's his own promoter. <laughs> He's the one who books the fights. So um, as long as people will continue to pony up for it, he'll keep doing it. He's got a lot in the iron. I'm interested to see how that's going to play out, and especially with them trying to fight for uh, fighters' rights. Uh, I, I would yeah, love I to see, see how – You don't see that happening? No. I would love to see how that plays out with – how the fighters react to him. Um you will I, what? <laughs> anyway. I would love to see how the fighters react to him even after the loss with what he's trying to do uh in the background. Like him or not, uh he definitely is a full and rising figure and he's gonna bring a lot of eyes um to it. Now uh we're gonna take a quick break uh with a with a, a brand break from Ozell but when we come back uh we're gonna be discussing the WBC interim featherweight title um, and also, we're going to get into it. UFC, the return of John Jones. Are you ready? Are you Ooh. excited? 
because it's been years and John is ready. So we're going to come back uh, with a quick uh, quick break uh, from the Ozell brand and we'll get into it. Right right before that break, we have one more uh, come on. comment from Why are we, uh, El Capitan. The, the, the same Rick who, who was calling Jake Paul the possible GOAT last week i don't i don't want to hear this yeah he, he, he was saying goat because he wanted some uh some curry goat that's really what happened but uh uh let, let's uh let's pay some bills and we'll be back it's not just about the love of the game it's about dedication and commitment through the process and the patience to endure there's joy in reaching your goals and peace in knowing you've done all you're supposed to do. Ozell Brand. It's not just a brand. It's a lifestyle. Ozell Brand, man. Make sure you get you some so you can be out here rocking them like Bruce Leroy. Bruce uh, Levois. <laughs> Bruce Levois. I like that. I like that. Awesome. Let's get into it. We got a lot. What, of what is ready is not me. Uh, listen, we it, don't have time to go back stuff. and forth with Rick. Rick don't. Rick ain't got nothing to say. I'm fine with that. <laughs> now let's get into it. The WBC interim featherweight title will be on the line as Brandon Figueroa uh, will face will face Mark Maxayo, um to determine who will uh, win the vacant title and go on to fight Ray Vargas. Now, while uh, Figueroa is excited to fight for the interim title, he was a little disappointed that his next bout would not be a rematch against Stephen Fulton, um, who gave him his only blemish. Now, while he awaits that opportunity, Brandon has set his sights on giving fans a show and becoming world champion. Now, he recently stated, everyone knows that I come to fight. Come March 4th, everyone's going to see what kind of fighter I am at 126, 126 pounds. Now, as fans expected from Manny Pacquiao and Juan Manuel Marquez, this is going to be an amazing fight. This could be another fight of the year candidate, and I'm ready to show off my skills. He stated the fans love when I fight because they know it's never boring, and I want to fight the best and keep proving to everyone that I belong at this level. Now, Brandon also stated that he plans to focus on what allowed uh, Ray Vargas to beat Mark uh, in their previous bout to help him also. He said he's focused on um, the fact that uh, Maxayo gets frustrated and impatient, and they're learning from that, and they're hoping to take advantage of that. Now, Voice, I, I know that, you know, Brandon only has that one blemish, and it's, and it's by Stephen Fulton. What are your thoughts on his disappointment with that fight? And what are we expecting with him coming into this one? Because even though he is stating that he's coming in for excitement, uh, Mark McSyle is, is no slouch. No, no, he's not. Um, as far as his disappointment, that is understandable. The young man was undefeated up to that time. He did have a draw um, against Julio Seha, but he had not tasted defeat. And it was a majority decision. It wasn't even a unanimous decision, you know, or a knockout. So it's like, man, you know, they, uh, you feel kind of robbed when you have cards like that. So I can understand him being frustrated about that and wanting to get his get back. But uh, this takes him a step closer to that by getting the interim title. But he still has a way to go because we know that cool boy Steph is going to be facing off against uh, the monster in a way. And who knows how that's going to go. Uh, Steph may win. He may not win. If he does win, uh, but it's close, you're telling me they're not going to run that back? So, um, you know, he, he may be looking a little too far ahead. Does he want to keep that fire and, and keep that that des, uh, desire to get it back going? Yeah. But he also needs to temper his expectations because there's still way too much uh, going on in that division uh, for him to be focused past this fight. And in this fight, you've got uh, Magnifico, who had his breakout performance besting Gary Russell Jr., the first one to give him his blemish. Now, granted, uh, Gary Russell 
his dad wasn't in his corner for the first time and his shoulder was messed up, but that doesn't stop the fact that he won. Not only that, but he has been knocking out a lot of people. Remember uh, Julio Seja, who I said Figueroa, mm-hmm. had the uh, split decision with. Well, I mean, not split decision to draw against. Yeah, he knocked out Seja. So uh, even though Figueroa knocks out 72% of his uh, opponents, Magnifico has popped as well. You know, so it should be a really, really good uh, fight. The person who uh, they and I, he's, you know, like you say, he's looking at uh, Cool Boy Steph. Uh, but, you know, you got Ray Vargas uh, in there as well, who very well may be dropping uh, back down to uh, flyweight after losing to uh, super flyweight titleist now, Oshaki Foster, a couple weeks ago. You know, so th- there's a lot of uh, moving pieces in this one. And whoever wins uh, needs to stay focused on what's right in front of them versus mm-hmm. what they believe or what they want way down the line. So you, you made some great points. So my, my question is, if let's say Brandon wins and let's say uh, let's say Brandon wins, Stephen Fulton wins and Ray Vargas decides to move down, do we get that? champion versus champion bout next or does brandon have to go elsewhere and and continue to wait for stephen folk because well if i'm not mistaken as well uh, i had to go back and check um i feel like fulton is fighting at 122 so he's really not in uh, unless he's looking to drop down because uh, this is at 126 unless he's looking to drop down that's not even really a, a discussion uh, to be had uh, does this get you closer to doing that yeah because you have you know a championship but um yeah if he's looking at at Fulton his eyes are really in the wrong place because like I said Ray Vargas is the current champion okay okay well it's definitely going to be interesting to see especially considering the fact that just just reading up and watching the the media rounds uh for Brandon Figueroa it kind of feels like He's almost looking a little bit past and mm-hmm. that we've seen in the past that can literally kind of be your downfall. And you catch that one punch because you, you you're looking too far ahead. So that'll be great to see. Now, UFC 285 is what everyone's been talking about. The card is incredible from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Now, in one of the great undercard bouts um, for UFC 285, it's going to be welterweight championship implications. Now, the number eight and the number 10 ranked fighters are going to be meeting as the Nomad is literally going to be facing hands of steel. Um, when uh, Shagvat Rachmanov, I'll be practicing. Y'all. Boy, you, you boy, you, you getting there. You are getting there. <laughs> he looks to take his undefeated streak into the octagon against uh, Jeff Neal and what many to believe uh, is going to be his biggest test to date. Now, the bout was originally scheduled to take place at UFC Fight Night 217 um, and was delayed due to an injury that was suffered by, by Neil. Now, Nomad is 16 bouts in, undefeated. Half of those wins are by submission, and the other half remaining is by KO. Now, when Neil had to pull out of their previous fight, Nomad took the first shot via Twitter stating, Apparently, at hands of steel is all talk. With Neil responding back, mm. didn't know getting injured means I'm all talk. Blank, blank, let's rebook it. <laughs> now, <laughs> many people believe that Nomad is actually going to be due for a title fight in 2023 if he can get past Neil this Saturday. Now, Neil is, uh, again, Neil is no slouch either. Uh, mm-hmm. While he does have losses, um, Neil has shown incredible, incredible poise with his last win, I believe, actually coming via knockout. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Voice, I want to ask, with these two coming head-to-head and everyone literally wanting the Nomad to be able to set himself up for a 2023 uh, title shot, what are we looking forward to, and how did you feel about that back and forth between the two? Well, um, I love uh, when when people uh, want to talk, talk. You know, you got to put your your money where your mouth is. You have to back it up. Uh, But both of these fighters 
have the uh, have the skills and the firepower to back things up. As you stated, uh, Hands of Steel is on a two fight winning streak. Uh, it's three and two in his last five uh, two fight winning streak. Beat Ponzinibbio by decision, and then knocked out Luke in the next fight. And who did he call out after that? None other than Luke's teammate Gilbert Burns. A lot of people thought, "Ooh, that's a nice call out." That you know, that that's a, a real nice call out. Now he didn't get him; he got Shalcott. Uh, But there were a lot of things in Burns's post-fight uh, speech in the cage that really said a lot about him. He he uh, probably unwittingly. Uh, gave us a little too much uh, info, a little too much behind the scenes stuff, because he said, you know, he really fights to the level of competition that he has. If no one gets you up for a fight, Shafkat better get you up for a fight because of the things that you said. He's undefeated. He's never been to a decision. He's well-rounded. He can stop you uh, with his strikes or he can stop you with a submission. So you better have your A game. And now, you know, uh, uh, you got the back and forth too. Yeah, he better bring it. And he can bring it. You know, he, he's he's been around a, a bit longer. And if he is victorious being Neil, um, he will have stopped, put a, a stop to, or at least slow down uh, the hype train. Thanks, Rick. We pr- appreciate that. So talking about uh, we're, we're amazing. I, I we appreciate that, uh, but yeah, he, he will have slowed down, you know, or at least yeah, at least slowed down if not stopped the mm-hmm. hype train because like Islam, like uh, Hamzat, and like Habib before them, the UFC is putting a whole lot of promotional might behind this fighter from the Eastern Bloc. They 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 get a whole lot of love and Shafkat is getting that the fact that people would even think even think that he have a chance of fighting for the title this year is that that that's pretty major and many people they kind of dismiss the fact that or I should say they were upset myself included I, I wasn't happy that he didn't fight uh back in January um but this is a much bigger spot for him now you're on a pay-per-view uh you're in a premier spot being that third fight you know that that's wonderful but let's not um let's not discount neil neil has looked phenomenal he's been in there against some of the best something that shafkat can't necessarily say mm-hmm. will that experience lift him and cause him to win the fight we won't know until the pin drops, cage door locks, thumbs go up, and they start the clock. Now, it's interesting because with him being so dominant at such a young age, he's only 28, um, people really believe that he may be the future. I mean, at 18, um, he became a world champion with the World uh, MMA Association, I believe. Um, in 2014, he became the uh, the Asian MMA uh, champion. That same year, he was runner-up for the world championship. So he comes literally baked with a championship pedigree, and he looks like he's on a roll. So Jeff Neal is definitely going to have his hands full. That's going to be a great way to start an amazing car. And then right after that – Well, before we move forward, um, this is why it's the voices marking matchup. It's because of Shavkat, because of his ceiling or uh, the the trajectory – that he's on. This is why it's the voices marking matchup. Um, like you said, this is not the first fight on the card. This is um, just leading up to the championship fights. But you got Bo Nickel at 170 making his debut. Someone who uh, the UFC is putting a lot of promotional push behind as well. And someone who could give Shafkat a run uh, for their money. It's not uh, out of the question to think that Bo Nickel versus Shavkat Rachmanov won't be a title fight in a year or so. You also have Matush Gamrat facing Jalen Turner. That's going to be a banger. 
But this is the voices marquee matchup again because of the uh, more immediate title implications. 2023 seems too soon. I can see maybe 2024, but mm-hmm. you know we're we're into the third month. He would need to fight again, I would say, to have a shot at the title. Um, yeah, I mean, beating Jeff Neal should not cause you to fight for the title. I mean, just right. we had to be real. But does it put you that much closer? Yes, it does. Well, he's currently the number number eighth ranked fighter, so uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how those uh, how a convincing win um, is going to set him up for that future title shot. Now, it's it, it seems like there's a pattern here on this card where it seems to be a great fighter is coming up against a dominant fighter. Now, this is already a stacked card, but the UFC Women's Flyweight Championship. Uh, title fight is going to be even bigger. The champion Valentina Shevchenko, yo, I'm killing it. Is going to be going into the bout defending her title on her ninth fight winning streak. Her last loss was 2017 against basically the GOAT, Amanda Nunes. Now, the no, challenger, basically the GOAT. The challenger is uh, Alexa Grasso. Now, she also comes into this bout on a win streak looking to dethrone the current champion while also offering praise uh, for the woman that they call Bullet. Now, she said recently, uh, Bullet's dominance over the last few years, come on, it's impossible to discredit her. She's been so dominant, she's so great, and I can't say anything bad about her, honestly. I can't say anything wrong about her, but I'm also thankful with tough opponents because every single time that I have a tough opponent, I'm better. So this time, I'm a lot better than the fight camp before, and the year before, and three years before that. Now, the 29-year-old um, is literally looking to be as successful as her two uh, Mexican countrymen, uh, Brandon Moreno and Yair Rodriguez, who both recently also won uh, UFC title belts. So, voice, I have to ask, with her countrymen taking care of business, is it possible that we're going to see a tremendous upset when they get into that octagon? Uh, in the words of Kevin Garnett, when he was draped in the green and white. Here we go. Anything is possible. Just because it's possible doesn't mean it's probable. <laughs> um, but you, you're right. Uh, this would be a uh, a really, really big win for Mexico because you'd have three Mexican champions and i don't i can't remember when we've had two much less three i mean I, I think we're really um breaking ground when it comes to mexico and mma she fights out of grasso one of the best gyms in mexico uh being lobo gym uh, they got a lot of, of great fighters coming out of that camp specifically women uh, Irena Aldana also fights out of that camp. So, you know, she's getting good work there. You spoke about the fact that, you know, she's on a tear. She lost last to Carla Esparza, but since then she's run off four straight fighting at flyweight. That was her last fight at strawweight. She moved up in weight and has not been stopped since then. She's someone that the UFC has uh, had some promotional push behind and there's always been talk of her challenging for a title now she gets the opportunity uh, to do that and she's doing it like she said against one of the most dominant champions that the UFC has seen especially in the women's division um, I forget what the what the record is I don't know if it's eight or nine uh, being the record but Bullet is, is right there. If she doesn't have the record, she's right there knocking on the door of holding the record for the most dominant uh, woman champion in the history of the UFC. However, her last bout was a split decision win, which a number of people thought that, you know, she may have lost that fight. Now, I don't think that she lost it but it was very very close and that has some people wondering has the bullet 
you know, it was that just a misfire for the bullet, or has the bullet run out of gunpowder? Mm. You know, they're they're saying, you know, well, maybe she's slowing down. You know, maybe that's showing some chinks in her armor. We have to remember that this is not her first combat sports career. She had a whole nother career in kickboxing, and then has come over to MMA and been a dominant champion or at least uh um a dominant name in the sport you know she's she's doing her thing but she's no spring chicken she's 34 years old and time comes for us all so you know is this the perfect storm for grasso to become champion it could be or it could be the perfect opportunity for uh, bullet to say hey yeah i know what happened last time that 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 wasn't me that wasn't me let me uh remind y'all let's let's go back to my roy jones junior days yeah i must have forgot and i'm about to remind you just who bullet don't, shevchenko is don't do that to my man roy jones that was the worst song ever i'm just gonna put that no. out there roy don't come for me but that, that, uh, that, there, there were, there were no, worse. He, must he be the money. Do, he ain't have to do. Must be the money is a classic. There would not be any uh, Dion primetime slander here. I'm not slandering him. I'm just Every saying that uh, that you have to remember that there's some some other uh, songs out there of note, and the notes aren't that good. He didn't have to do Bernard Hopkins like that in the music video. That's my problem. You don't you don't treat Philly like that. Let me oh, run off this person. Oh, okay, okay. Let me run off some stats for you. Uh Alexia Grasso is 4-0 since moving up to the flyweight division in August of 2020. Now, Shevchenko is totally different. She's one of two women's flyweight champions in UFC history. Uh Nico Montana Montano is the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has seven consecutive UFC title defenses. Those are among those are the most amongst current promotional champions. She's 9-0, of course, since dropping. Uh, the flyweight division in uh, in February of 2018, and her nine-fight win streak in UFC competition. Get this, it's the third longest active streak in the company, mm-hmm. behind Islam and Arnold Allen. That's big. That's huge. That's big. She is dominant. So there's a lot to look forward to there, um, and it's a great segue into literally. What everybody is really coming to see that night. Now, and what many are considering to be the possible GOAT. In, oh, in, Hold on. Uh, let, let's uh, acknowledge the, the elephant in the room um, who said just facts. Not quite sure what those just facts were about, but we'll take that. And then uh, I don't know where AB comes what? in to this. I don't want to hear AB's song, and I don't want to see that ridiculous dance. Oh, that's where he comes in. I got you. I don't. I don't. I don't want to see or hear either either one of them. Okay. Yeah. No, nor do I. Let, let's get back I, to you, what matters. You keep. Last week you was entertaining my mama. Now you entertaining Rick this week. Come on, come on. I mean, we, we we gotta we gotta give the people what they want. No, nah, because my yo mom's mom's was ready for the smoke. It was it was smoke clock, and I, I heard about it afterwards. Um, now, I told you, I told you that. That's why I cleaned up my act real quick because I ain't want no no mega bus tickets purchased on my behalf. You her favorite voice, you you and uh, her and my auntie, y'all y'all the favorite. So it don't really matter. Now John Bonds, John John Bonds, John Bon Jovi Jones, Bonds John <laughs> Bones Jones is going to be returning to the Octagon for the first time in over three years when he faces Cyril Gunn for the vacant heavyweight championship uh, on Saturday in Las Vegas. Now, Jones, who holds the UFC record for title fight wins at 14, is going to be facing a steep challenge. Now, Gunn is 6'4", 247. He's knocked out some of the biggest names in the sports. But based on some of Jones's tweets, he is completely not impressed. Some of the things that he said about Gunn, uh, he said Gon's last three opponents had terribly de- had terrible defense. These guys couldn't stop a kick if their life depended on it. He's fought flat-footed boxers his last three fights. It's important to also note that Gon is eleven and one 
with his lone loss coming in a unanimous decision uh, to the free agent uh, Francis Ngannou at UFC 270. Now, voice, I, I want to give you a couple stats before we get into this. Ghana is the only French-born fighter in history to win a version of the UFC title fight. Um, he's one of 15 fighters in history to win a version of the UFC, UFC title with an undefeated record. He's one of three heavyweights in the modern UFC history to start his career 7-0 in the octagon. The two others, Cain Velasquez and uh, Junior Juan Santos, are the others. We understand what we get with John. But is he putting, as they like, as the older folks like to say, the cart before the horse when he's speaking about Gon's uh, talent and, and what he can do uh, in the octagon? Yeah, he is. Um, now, granted, and we, we spoke about this a bit last week, that to be a champion specifically in combat sports, you have to have a little bit of delusion because to, to believe, to go in and believe, oh yeah, no one can beat me. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the best ever. Everyone can get beat. Some, somebody has everyone's number for John. He hasn't run into that man yet. So, you know, he, he talks a little crazier than most. However, there are so many things going on in there, especially, uh, with the cart before the horse thing. Let's speak about, some of the the things that john is experiencing that are new one he's at a new weight class we don't know what he's going to look like at this weight class we, we spoke about it a little bit last week he's got an excellent chin for 205 can he take these blows from these big guys mm-hmm. that remains to be seen uh you know he was quick and elusive at heavyweight i mean at light heavyweight you're carrying at least 25 more pounds into the cage on fight night, if not more than that, than what you fought at last. And let's not forget when he was powerlifting, when he was out one time before and came in, he had a dud of a fight against OSP. Again, we, we don't know what John is going to look like at this weight. Not only is it a new weight class, He's in a new camp. The people who have been in his ear, the people who have prepared him before, the people who know how to to get him to perform are not there. He's not with Jackson Wink anymore. I don't believe Brandon Six Guns Gibson is in his corner. Now you got different people in your ear for one camp at a new weight class. Oh, and what else is new is his uh, fiance air quotes, left him, which I thank God for because no one should have to endure the stuff that he put her through. No one. So everything is new for you. That means if she put him out, that means that uh, more than likely she's got the house and he's got somewhere new to live because you're training in Arizona. You're not in New Mexico anymore. You got new people around you. You know, there's a new camp, a new weight class, and a whole new life. There are so many question marks, which is the reason that uh, uh, everyone is really looking forward to this fight. Oh, (laughs) and let's not forget that those who have had the most success against John, uh, specifically Alexander Gustafsson, who, you know, gave him the, the best fight that he had at until he started losing, but not losing uh, in these past couple fights. Yeah, he was a big guy. Cyril Gan is 6'4". He's not going to necessarily be the, the taller fighter and be able to use his length to big brother like he could before. So th- th- there are so many things, uh, so many different uh, subplots with this. Now, <laughs> I sent you a link for uh my man uh Sadiq Yusuf who if you are not following this man on YouTube before fights you don't even have to like fighting just follow him for it he's absolutely hilarious salute Niger stand up uh and and yeah just 
Sadiq is a nut. He mentioned <laughs> in his unprofessional breakdown that Francis Ngannou learned how to wrestle in the locker room before the fight against God. Now, we know the Giants were wrestling a lot longer than that, and this is how Francis uh, won the fight, was through his wrestling. And John is an excellent wrestler. John been wrestling forever, and what gives him an even greater advantage in this is that he's been training with Henry Cejudo, a, a gold medal champion in wrestling who knows how to wrestle in MMA because he... Uh, was a champ as well in MMA. So he, he's got that going for him. Uh, but to do that, you got to get inside. And does John have the ability to, to shoot in and things? Yeah, he does. But to shoot in, you get close enough to get caught too. And Cyril has the them hands. Ask uh, the Black Beast. Black Beast ain't been the same since Cyril put his hands on. And has knocked out so many different people, but not just that. He knows how to box too. You know, he he knows how to to, to stay away because he's got a kickboxing background. So it, it's going to be a phenomenal fight. Can't wait to see it. Cannot wait. Now, it's going to be a great fight, but we can't end the show without talking about the back and forth between your guy Francis Ngannou. Mm-hmm. And John Jones that has taken place recently. Now, mm-hmm. um, as you know, Francis Ngannou uh, did not resign with the UFC. He's actually looking for a newer and more opportunity. Basically, he's looking for new challenges to, to go. Um, they asked John Jones about that. And John Jones, who was previously very supportive of that, uh, came back and stated this recently. He said, Francis had the opportunity to face me and he opted out of the opportunity. If anyone should be criticized, is Francis Ngannou. If I'm correct, he was offered the biggest contract in heavyweight history. He had the opportunity to be the guy to to dethrone me. He didn't believe in himself, and he doesn't believe in himself. He wasn't willing to gamble on himself. Now, this comes after statements um, that apparently were made by uh, Ngannou, who stated, listen, I'm always going to be the undisputed champ. No one beat me. This is what it is. Now, on Twitter, they asked John you know, why the change in attitude? He said, I found an interview of Francis talking about how he'll forever be the undisputed champion because no one beat him. Once I saw that, my tone changed. I thought I would tell you how I really felt. Did he make the right decision? He left before I came back, and that was probably a smart move. Now, we all know Ngannou was not going to let you say anything to him without him speaking. Uh, Ngannou responded and said, Johnny Boy, pick a side of the fence. He was never the lightweight. Uh, he, he attached the old tweet that was in a quote that was actually a quote from Jones about uh, Daniel Cormier. He said he was never the light heavyweight champion. He never beat me. This has been my era since 2011, and I want to make that loud and clear. So the, the question I want to ask before we close out, with these two going back and forth about who was the true and once and only undisputed champ if, if, uh, if John Jones wins, who has the better argument here? Because John, John been gone for three years. We saw what Ngannou did in that three in, in that period of time. It really wasn't on Ngannou. John just didn't come back in time because of all of his struggles. So, with you being a big Ngannou fan, but also being a fan of John Jones, I want to get your thoughts on who would really have the best argument here if John were to win. If John wins he's the the champion all this other stuff that's uh being bantered about uh is just like the whole pound for pound debate it's something that at least at this point Mm -hmm. will never be uh determined now (laughs) again going back to john's delusion you think the man didn't stick around because he was scared of you Again, that that's delusion. But but in order to uh, to be a champion, there has to be a bit of uh, delusion there. Um, I like what Francis is saying. You know what he's saying. You know, it's like, hey, you haven't beat me. And Francis can say, look, I'm I'm the champ. You know, I'm the lineal champ or whatever. 
Um, however, well, let me not say that. He can say that because he beats the best heavyweight in history in Stipe Miocic. And not only did he beat him, every time Stipe went to take him down, he stood him right back up and then started start mopping him. So you do I think that someone who's a natural heavyweight in Stipe, John coming into heavyweight is going to be able to do better than Stipe. He might because, you know, he, he's been able to do some things. But if he did that to Stipe, then I'm not doubting his ability uh, to employ anti-wrestling against anybody. Mm. Okay, there you have it. Well, it's definitely going to be an exciting, exciting card. Uh, UFC 285 that's going to be taking place Saturday, March 4th. Uh, at the T-Mobile Arena in Paradise, Nevada. Make sure you're following The Voice on Twitter because I'm sure The Voice is going to be covering that uh, with his live feedback on that. Uh, We just want to make sure that we always prepare you for the best in combat sports for the week. Uh, As you know, MTMV Sports, we literally are you. We are the fans. Uh, we just decided that we wanted to be able to speak about it on camera. And we we do our best each week to make sure that we bring you uh, the best in all sports. We do our research. We go through a lot because we want to give you the best. Uh, please make sure you visit MTMVPN. Uh, get your merch. Check out the articles. Uh, the Voice has a great uh, has great writing also. Um, that, uh, you want to speak on that, Voice? Well, uh, I... I, I Speaking on, I just say go to the site, check it out, tell me what you think. There you go. He he, the one time voice gets a chance to literally gloat and get out there, he's not. Now he wants to be humble. I want to hear that voice. Uh, the voice is talented. Make sure you go and check out his article. Make sure you go and grab that merch. Uh, make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Uh, support the team. We have some amazing, amazing shows uh, for you. Some amazing articles, great content. Uh, thank you all for being with us today. Voice, give us your last word and take us out, sir. Uh, last word is that MTMV is partnering with Track Stars uh, to support the relief efforts in Syria and Turkey. Uh, and right now, UNICEF has a promotion where they'll match, looks like uh, three times whatever your donations are. So uh, look for UNICEF USA and the um, the donation links for that uh, to do- donate to those in Syria uh, and Turkey. We know that uh, the first set of earthquakes ravaged them. And then last week, uh, Turkey got hit with another one. So uh, whatever you send will help tremendously. And now you've got three times the power. So uh, give. Definitely, definitely. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. As you know, it's Smoking Clock Tuesday. Uh, every Tuesday, 7 f- 7.15 Eastern Standard Time. I did all those great talking that day, and I'm flubbing. Uh, thank you for tuning in with us. MTMV Sports, we out. Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to My Team, My Voice with MTMV Sports.